Howdy, folks. Your attention, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to all who come to this happy place, welcome. And welcome to Discoveryland. My name is Victoria, and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. What happens when you combine the creative forces of Disney and George Lucas? If you take one of the most successful film franchises of all time and place it in Walt Disney's original Magic Kingdom, what do you get? To answer those questions, we have to take a brief step back. In 1986, Captain EO opened in Disneyland's Tomorrowland. Captain EO was a collaborative effort between George Lucas, who executive produced the film, Francis Ford Coppola, who directed, and Michael Jackson, who starred. Captain EO became a lasting Disneyland hit, eventually expanding to Disney parks around the world. And ultimately, it was the genesis of an ongoing partnership between Disney and George Lucas. You can learn more about Captain EO in a previous episode of Discoveryland. For his next collaboration with Disney, Lucas would incorporate the franchise he was most famous for in order to produce another attraction for Disneyland's Tomorrowland. That attraction would be Star Tours. R2? Lightspeed to Endor! In the mid-1980s, Disney CEO Michael Eisner was looking to reinvigorate the parks. His goal was to add thrilling new attractions not only to bolster attendance, but also to compete with the thrilling offerings at other theme parks. Star Tours would be an attraction unlike any other. In traditional Disneyland e-ticket fashion, Star Tours was intended to be a high-profile attraction with the goal of being one of the biggest draws in Tomorrowland. The story itself was one of a journey to the forest moon of Endor as seen in Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Set in the time frame shortly after Return of the Jedi, passengers would traverse an intergalactic terminal in space, eventually boarding their Star Speeder 3000 ride vehicle and journeying to Endor. The ride itself would incorporate four military-grade hydraulic motion-based simulators that would be programmed to a film set in the magnificent Star Wars universe. Legendary Disney Imagineer Tony Baxter would direct the project, and Imagineer Tom Fitzgerald would write the script and produce. Led by visual effects wizard Dennis Murin, the team at Industrial Light & Magic used practical models, miniatures, and motion-controlled cameras, just as they had in the original Star Wars trilogy, to bring the action to life. One of their greatest challenges was combining the capabilities of the flight simulators with the footage they were creating. Because the flight simulators were limited in the range of motion they could achieve, the film had to compensate by exaggerating the motions of the simulator. The synchronization of the flight simulator with the film, along with the soundtrack score by Richard Bells, featuring the music of John Williams, as well as an exceptionally detailed cue, would allow guests to experience an original, exciting ride that placed them square in the action of the Star Wars universe. 
In the Star Tours press kit that was solicited to news outlets, George Lucas had the following to say about his involvement with Star Tours. Well, um, for a long time I've been interested in trying to get involved with the, the Disneyland theme park. And um, for years I you know, discussed it with uh, the management at Disney and um, eventually it came about that um, they accepted my offer to be involved and that um, we would sort of combine ideas. I wanted to have a, an involvement in Tomorrowland. I thought that was a portion of the park that had always been a little less than what it could have been. And um, so they've given me the opportunity to include my characters into that part of the park and try to uh, come up with some new ideas, which is real exciting. It's something, uh, it's a little offbeat from what I normally do, but it's, uh, a real exciting creative challenge. One of the basic ideas behind this is that it's reprogrammable. It relies a lot on software rather than hardware so that the ride can be changed rather swiftly uh, relatively to, relative to the way normal rail rides, hardware rides are, you know, changed. And I think this will give us a big advantage in being able to upgrade the ride uh, after, you know, a certain period of time. Uh, to, uh, you know, improve it or change it or, you know, make it into something else. Let's talk about the show building and the queue for Star Tours. As with most things at Disneyland, the addition of one attraction usually comes at the sacrifice of another. In a previous episode of Discoveryland, we discussed Adventure Through Inner Space. Sponsored by Monsanto, Adventure Through Inner Space involved the simulated miniaturization of park guests as they embarked on a shrinking adventure through a snowflake. Rooted in the spirit of science and discovery, the attraction operated from 1967 to 1985 and has since become a part of Disneyland lore. Star Tours replaced Adventure Through Inner Space, utilizing the show building that it occupied. From the outside, the building appeared moderately changed. The main entrance into the building had been added onto with a newly constructed spire reaching towards the stars. The theme colors of Star Tours, various shades of blue with white, decorated the spire. Dual marquees bearing the name of the attraction amongst backgrounds of fiber optic star fields faced in two directions with a subtitle reading, A George Lucas Adventure. The side of the building, which had previously featured a mural depicting children celebrating solar, wind, and water energy by legendary Disney artist Mary Blair, had been covered up with a new mural depicting the Star Tours Star Speeder 1000 traveling through space amongst a backdrop of planets. Some of the palm trees along the building survived the transition from inner space to Star Tours. When guests entered Star Tours, they found that much of the building's interior layout remained quite similar to how it had been before. What had once been the post-show and exit area of Adventure Through Inner Space was now the extended queue, where guests would wait in line on especially busy days. Inside the extended queue, which, as with the rest of the Star Tours show building, had been designed to resemble something of an intergalactic airport, guests would walk through a security area to be screened. An animatronic Mon Calamari alien officer from the Star Wars universe monitored a computer from behind a glass pane. Music from the Star Wars films played as guests waited. 
After exiting the extended queue, guests would reemerge outside only to walk back into what had been the main entrance to inner space. Only now, it was the main entrance to Star Tours. The winding walkway that had been in place before was still there, and it was quite obvious where the giant snowflake had once been. Only now, it was replaced with a large screen running advertisements for Star Tours and the Endor Express. Where the mighty microscope had once stood, there was the Starspeeder 3000. This was a scale model of the ride vehicle passengers would be boarding a short while later. In fact, for Star Wars fans, there were many subtle Easter eggs relating to the franchise to be discovered. It was in this area where two important characters from the Star Wars saga made their appearance. The droid R2-D2 popped in and out of the Starspeeder, communicating with his counterpart C-3PO, who was voiced and motion captured by Anthony Daniels from the films. 3PO stood on an elevated platform roughly a few meters away from where the boarding area into Adventure Through Inner Space's Atomobiles once was. R2 would occasionally bleep hysterically as heavy fog emerged from the Starspeeder. The People Mover made an occasional appearance gliding up behind the Starspeeder 1000, just as it had done in the days of their previous attraction. Up and off to the side was a small room where more Mon Calamari animatronics could be seen working on computers behind glass paneling. Because Star Tours was made up to be an intergalactic spaceport, it was treated very much like an earthly airport in its design. Pagings in various languages would play over the PA system. One page, which still plays to this day in the updated version of the attraction, mentions E. Grog Sakul. Egrog Sakul, for the uninitiated, is George Lucas spelled backwards. Another page called out Mr. Tom Morrow, who was a human animatronic in the old Flight to the Moon attraction. Unlike with Adventure Through Inner Space, however, the interior queue had been extended before guests boarded the ride. After passing 3PO, guests entered Sector 2. It was in here that G2 series droids, created especially for Star Tours, could be seen performing tasks. G290 was welding an astromech droid, while G240 was scanning passengers waiting in line for their star speeders. An interesting piece of Disneyland trivia is that both of these G2 droids were actually the skeletons of the geese used in America Sings, another Tomorrowland attraction. Overhead, moving parts bins on a conveyor belt could be seen. These bins contained tools and items recognizable to Star Wars fans such as mouse droids, tools that belonged to Han Solo, and even one of the miniaturized automobile props from Adventure Through Inner Space. Music from the K-Droid radio station played in the background. Then, as guests rounded another corner to enter the final room, they were directed towards one of four Starspeeder vehicles. There, they would watch screens showing Star Tours mechanics preparing the Star Speeder for takeoff. A pre-boarding video would then come on with safety instructions. The hostess in the instructional video, who had a Star Wars-styled hairdo and flight attendant outfit, provided directions for passengers to follow. The video demonstration of passengers aboard the Endor Express included several notable alien species from the Star Wars universe, including Chewbacca, Reese, Mon Calamari, Ewoks, and even Teak, a character from the Star Wars Ewoks Adventures films. As the doors to the Starspeeder 3000 opened, guests would enter into the cabin and locate their seat. It was then that their real adventure began. 
the adventure or misadventure that is Star Tours relies on the realism conveyed through the motion simulator and its synchronization with the projected film. Upon boarding the Andor Express, passengers stow their belongings below their seats and plug in their safety belts. It is then that they are greeted by the peculiar-looking droid RX-24, also known as Captain Rex, who is the captain of this flight. Rex is voiced by Paul Rubens of Pee Wee Herman fame. R2-D2 is his co-pilot and can be seen intermittently on the screen to the right of the cabin. This also serves to offer guests a rear view of the action going on at the rear of the Starspeeder vehicle. After disembarking from the spaceport in which the mighty microscope from Adventure Through Inner Space can be glimpsed briefly inside the hangar bay, Captain Rex and R2 prepare to take off for Endor. It quickly becomes clear, however, that Captain Rex may not be exactly qualified for his role. After launching into hyperspace, Rex reveals that he and R2 overshot Endor, and the star speeder ends up in a cluster of comets. The comets, made up of shards of ice, crash into the star speeder's windshield. Rex navigates his vessel through a particularly big comet, only to be pulled into the tractor beam of a star destroyer. As the star speeder is pulled in, a Rebel Alliance X-Wing pilot appears on the side screen demanding to know why Star Tours is in a combat zone. He suggests that Rex ease off his main thruster, which frees the star speeder from the tractor beam. The vehicle is then caught in the middle of the battle between X-Wing fighters and TIE fighters. The star speeder is hit by laser fire, and after seemingly being repaired by R2, ends up near a Death Star. Captain Rex then follows a group of X-Wings into the Death Star's trench as they work to blow up the space station. After a successful hit on the Death Star, though not necessarily one that blows it up as seen in the films, the X-Wings and Star Speeder 3000 make for light speed and Captain Rex flies his passengers back to the spaceport station. Upon landing, Rex nearly crashes into a vehicle carrying fuel before coming to a sudden stop. He insists to his passengers that he will do better next time, as after all, it was his first flight and he's still getting used to his programming. The doors to the Endor Express open and guests exit the ride vehicle down a hallway into, where else, the Star Trader gift shop. The largest gift shop in Tomorrowland, the Star Trader is themed to Star Wars and carries an array of Star Tours, Star Wars, and Tomorrowland-related merchandise. When Star Tours first opened, the People Mover could be seen gliding by, just as it had when the Star Trader was the character shop during the days of adventure through inner space. Over the years, the Star Trader was updated and the merchandise it carried constantly changed. Perhaps one of the coolest theme park exclusives that were offered at the Star Trader in Tomorrowland were action figures and vehicles based off of Star Tours. Beginning in the early 2000s, Hasbro produced action figures for Star Tours of the droids that could be seen in its queue, as well as of Captain Rex. Later on, interactive vehicles such as the Star Speeder 3000 and the Star Speeder 1000 could be purchased to interact with these action figures. I know about these very well since I'm a huge Star Wars fan and collector, and I've really enjoyed adding these figures and vehicles to my own collection.
It was not until 1998 when Tomorrowland received its most significant cosmetic makeover since 1967. The main entrance and parts of the exterior of Star Tours were redressed in order to fit with the Jules Verne inspired retro futuristic theme of the land. The old aluminum murals that faced the Disneyland hub were repainted bronze, and Star Tours' entrance was far more innately decorated with gold trim and vivid shades of gold, purple, and blue. Neon was added to the facade, along with electricity effects on its spire. Then, as Disneyland was preparing to reopen the newly refurbished Space Mountain in 2005, much of Tomorrowland was again repainted. Once more, Star Tours' exterior was altered. Its flashy colors were scaled back to more simple shades of white and light blue, though the gold trim, neon, and electricity remained. In 2010, Star Tours closed after 23 years of operation. However, instead of being replaced with an entirely different attraction, Star Tours was simply upgraded. Star Tours The Adventures Continue opened in late spring 2011 to critical acclaim and fanfare. Set between Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, and Star Wars A New Hope, the new version of the attraction featured updates to the motion simulation, with the actual ride video clips being presented in high definition 3D. The show building was completely refurbished and enhanced. With a variety of ride sequences and character possibilities, it was reported that there were 54 possible unique Star Tours ride experiences upon its opening. And very importantly, what George Lucas predicted in the 1980s finally came to fruition with each release of Star Wars sequel trilogy films, additional planet destinations have been added to the attraction. And if you're wondering what became of Captain Rex, well, he can still be seen in Star Tours. Rex can actually be spotted in the queue for the attraction, malfunctioning and bearing a sticker declaring him to be defective. Over 30 years after Star Tours first took passengers on a series of misadventures aboard the Endor Express, Star Tours continues to excite Star Wars fans and delight Disneyland guests not only at Disneyland, but also at Disney parks around the world. There's no place like Disneyland, and around every corner of the park is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. I hope you'll join me next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. I'd love to hear from you. You can write Discoveryland by emailing discoverylandshow at yahoo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at discoverylandshow and on Twitter at discoverylandvc. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.